Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. In this episode of How Do You Hustle, we talk all things digital marketing. And who better to have on the show than Elise from Bossy Copy and founder of Yours Only Skincare, Ashley Templer. These two friends know the lay of the land of social media copywriting and marketing like the back of their hand. So they were the perfect people to come on the show to talk about how to put your best foot forward on social media for your business or for your own personal brand. I'd like to start the episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording the Yugambeh people and paying respects to elders past, present and emerging. Today on How Do You Hustle, we're joined by two lovely ladies. It's Ash, founder of Yours Only, and Elise, founder of Bossy Copywriting. How are you both today? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's been a bit of a day. I've been, you know, shooting out EDMs and, you know, trying to fire off things for the podcast, doing quick Q&As. Just been really busy. I'm sure you guys can relate. Mm-hmm. How have your days been? I'll I'll start with you, Elise. Uh, my day's been a bit hectic, but that's okay. This is like a nice finish to the day. I actually love doing nice. this and having a chat, so Aww. I'm good. And what about you, Ash? Mine's good. I actually have just like finished one business and now only focusing yes. on yours only. So my life is very different. I feel like my life is a lot more fluid now, so I can like get into the office a bit later. And just like work my own hours. So I'm feeling very fresh at the minute. You're recalibrating into the new routine. Yeah. So I would love to ask to start with, because I know you are both friends and you sort of uh, co-work as well. So maybe Ashley, how did you guys meet? We actually met on the shop floor at Sports Girl Chadston. (laughs) We used to work together. um it was we were actually talking about it earlier it was in 2009 or 2010 wow and yeah Elise had only worked at sports girl for about 18 months and then when she left we kind of stayed friends and we've literally been inseparable ever since oh I feel like the best friendships start in like retail those trauma bonds (laughs) no I'm joking (laughs) literally (laughs) um So, yeah, Ashley, I'll also ask, so when did you start your business, um, Yours Only, and walk us through how you managed to sort of get it off the ground originally as well. 
Yeah. So I came up with the idea in 2018 um, and then I launched it in 2020. But to give you like a very small snapshot, um, it was like a two-year development um, whilst I was still running my other business. But it was kind of based on my whole life history of allergies and intolerances. And then I basically got diagnosed with more allergies and intolerances in 2018 and I couldn't find any products that suited my skin and my body. So I basically decided to tell my story on social and create the product. And I guess the way that I got it off the ground was honestly just talking on Instagram. I never really spoke to people about like my allergies and tolerances publicly because it was just not really something that people spoke about. Um, and so even on like launch day, I just posted it organically and had like $3,000 in sales on day one, just from just posting about it. I don't have many followers, but just posting about it and sharing my story. And I think people had trust in the fact that I obviously had all of these things going on and could actually use a product on my body and my skin and didn't have a reaction. Um, and so my like original career, I used to say like, this is my second job. Now yours only is my only job, but my other path that I was down was that I've worked in social media for like 11 years so I've yeah so I kind of have the experience of understanding of like social is huge and telling a story is huge as well and just sharing like vulnerable moments and being a bit raw so I feel like that's kind of the best way that I help get it off the ground and just being on Instagram every day, responding to comments every day. I still respond to all comments and it takes wow. me like about three three hours a day <laughs> just on customer service. Wow. Yeah. But they do say that now and I feel like people have really woken up to that fact. Like a person sells a product, a person sells a brand. It's not mm. necessarily like the faceless brands. I don't know. Mm. It doesn't work as much. I'm even noticing um, with the launch of thread like you're seeing brands on there day one tweeting funny tweets yeah, the marketing yeah. managers on there sending selfies like it's so different now like tiktok um so i feel like having that understanding for you would have been such a benefit because i feel like still like the brands that don't have that understanding are just getting left behind but yeah Elise, so when was bossy copywriting born and how did that come about Yeah, so I started Bossy in 2016, so she's almost seven. I'm not very good (laughs) at maths, but I think it's seven. (laughs) I've always been a writer, but then, like Ash, I kind of have changed paths. So I moved to Melbourne when I was in my early 20s and I started working as a stylist. So I've always had this, like, pull between fashion and writing. All all through my 20s, I kind of did both. Um, and so, yeah, I was working as a stylist for a while and still doing the writing thing. And I worked actually for Westfield for many years, like through my twenties. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of their official, um, blogger and stylist. So I did that for a while. And then after a few years, I was still doing the freelance writing thing, but I started to really get into copy and back then, Back in my day, when you looked around, there was no like, no copy like there is today. There was either like the really dry traditional corporate advertising agencies, or there was like the pink cheesy Mm -hmm. freelancers. And I felt like there wasn't anyone that had my writing style, which is very cheeky, very conversational, very creative. So I kind of wanted to transfer, I guess, my freelance writing style 
into copywriting and offer it to brands. So that's kind of how it started. And then I've just evolved it from there. Like I ended up expanding into more of a team, started a podcast, have a course. So yeah, it's just become like a bit I will more admit, of a universe. I did one of your, um, I think it was like a sort of get to know you like an online webinar thing and it was so good and I just find yeah yeah I do find your content you. so snappy as a writer like I just find it really yeah snappy and engaging yeah clearly Thank very you. good at what you do both, both, of, you, both of your accounts I follow <laughs> and you know think are amazing which is why I think you're both the perfect people to talk to about this subject of digital marketing and digital media because I think mm-hmm. all of our businesses and sorry, I think all of our followers and listeners, um, th- that's one of the questions we sort of get and that everyone has to kind of keep up with all the time. So yeah, I feel like picking yeah. your brains is just like a bit of a um, blessing for me today. So Ashley, I know you, you know, obviously mentioned you have been in social media and digital um, for a while. So how integral have you found your digital strategy to running your own business? Um, like, yeah, how important do you think that is to kind of nail? I think, like, obviously it's mm. – I'm so biased because I've worked in social media literally my whole life and well, my whole adult life, I should say. Um, we're completely online as well, so we're not really in store. I'm very strict about True. where that's going. I only want to be in certain stores, so – I've been approached by certain wholesalers or retailers wow. and I basically said no. So all of all of our like income or revenue has completely come from sure. being strictly online. Yeah. And so um, I now run all of the ads for yours only. So basically just trying to manage all of that myself to make sure that there's control over everything. Um, and so I'm currently in like a scale phase. So just trying to scale my ads and without that and without the organic um, community that I have, I just don't think I would have a brand or be able to make any revenue from it. And I find like the way that I've grown it is 100% through the community. So I, through our Instagram, we're kind of on TikTok, not as much, but it's mainly through Instagram and Facebook. I've um, like interviewed customers and asked them what kind of products that they want to see and what products that they need. And I respond based on DMs that I've gotten. So we have a product called Scalp. And I actually created that because I reckon every day I was getting asked, do you have anything for scalp psoriasis? And so I ended up just putting on my Instagram um, a questionnaire and said, if you are suffering from scalp psoriasis, let me know what you're dealing with, what products work, what products don't work. And then I ended up getting customers that I found through Instagram to trial the products as I was developing them. And then um, once I had developed them, I used those customers in the photo shoots and they're on the website. So I kind of just like everything is to do with the organic community that I've found. And then as things go on, you scale and you add ads into the mix and then people see the community and then they see all the testimonials. So essentially digital for me is just like the way of the future. If you do want to start a brand and don't think that you have to be in store to make money. Totally. And I mean, that's an interesting approach with the whole um, having complete control because, you know, I know that's something I struggle with and I think a lot of founders mm. struggle with, like, whether you outsource those little tasks like the, you know, image, like reels or like typing, you know, um, typing up captions or things like that. But 
to to completely take control over that is a huge job but at least I, I feel like that's like a good way of maintaining that voice and that like exactly look and yep. feel that you want yeah and like if you look on our Instagram there's no professional photography everything yeah, is like a UGSB yeah because they don't work like I've I've put up every now and again if there's like a new launch like a pro- professional photo but that it it tanks so wow I feel I feel like that has always been the case like when I was True. working for Westfield yeah and we would always I used to run the social account like the main social account and whenever I did like a campaign image it bombed just, like it yeah. just didn't work people were like I just feel like I'm looking at a catalogue literally so yeah I like honestly majority of the content I will shoot on the day that it goes live or I'll get someone in the team to kind of help me or it'll be literally a customer who took a photo of their foot that like (laughs) had a flare up you know and like that performs better yeah Yeah, it's like uh I think I think users of social media are wanting that authenticity and like the bullshit radar is yeah a lot higher now (laughs) especially for gen z right like Mm -hmm. um but yeah like the disclaimer with that though because i have worked in marketing as well i should say um yeah like i think the disclaimer is although user-generated content and your own images is great it also has to be clear enough and relevant enough to still work right Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is probably a good question (laughs) Yeah, I get so many people that say, like, I'm a UGC creator. Um, I would love to work with and you. And all Yeah, but <laughs> although they're UGC creators and like that's what's real, I don't actually work with those kind of people. Yeah. I actually work with customers. So if a customer messages me and says, like, I love the product, I'm like, Do you have any before and after photos? And then I use those images. I don't really work with like UGC creators yeah. because they're not actually my customer and they're just people that just create photography for brands they're not people that actually interact with the brand and understand the brand and the purpose Mm. so although that the raw stuff works the best in the UGC stuff it's not like UGC where you put it next to a nice vase in your house and it's taken on the phone it's like it's actually someone who's put it in their handbag because they're taking it on their holiday because they can't use any other products besides this and they've taken it with them kind of thing I love that yeah I think that's a credit to you that you stick to that like kind of measure as well and I think that also has something to do with your personal brand Ash because people like customers feel super like they know they're speaking to you if they're DMing you and they're like oh I love your brand like they know that they're speaking to the founder and then you have like a dialogue with them you never just like shut them down it's like all about community and then they feel Mm. comfortable enough to like share their story or share their images which I don't feel like is very common among brands per se yeah yeah agree like I, every time someone's like oh my god I'm so embarrassed I'm like show me the photo and I always say like your spots are beautiful like if you have psoriasis Aww. for example like it, ta- it gives you so much more like confidence as a human down the track because of like all the stuff that you've gone through and people yeah. obviously judge you for it and you have like gotten through it so a lot of people I feel like feel so much more confident because there's other people that are in that and then I also have a Facebook community group. It's not huge and it's not highly engaged because I have been so busy, but we're trying to get back there. But there's lots of people in there that share photos of their skin and it helps them feel a lot more confident. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, obviously, like, raising so many questions I could ask you both on this stuff, (laughs) like where, you know, I've got questions around, like, where is best to put your resources? But 
I was going to ask you, Elise, um, what key tips you give your clients around sort of getting started um, on socials, obviously, with mm-hmm. and web website as well, because um, I know you cover like copy for that. And yep. yeah, I guess I guess for launching, like if if someone's starting in fresh, cold, like starting a business, they need mm-hmm. to launch everything. Yeah, like, I know it's a huge question, but what are your <laughs> sort of like, you know, key first yeah. going in cold? I have tips? I have thoughts. I have yeah. thoughts. <laughs> this is her bread and butter. Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go. I actually had to like. I was thinking about this earlier, and I'm like, I should just stop typing now because I've got enough. <laughs> um, no, I feel like one major thing that most people actually, a couple of major things that people don't realize is one, a lot of people don't value copywriting. Like the amount of, Ash knows, the amount of people, if I meet someone at a party, the amount of people that think I'm a copyright lawyer is literally like ridiculous. <laughs> like, no, yeah, a lot of people don't know what it is. Um, and therefore, they don't really know the value. And even if they do know what it is, they still don't really know the value of it. So, yeah, there's a crazy amount of people that I hear, like when they inquire with us saying, you know, I've spent all my money on my product or my website or my um, graphic design, my packaging, whatever it might be. And I've only got five dollars left for my copywriting <laughs> literally um, because they don't realize that the copywriting isn't just the words that go on mm. your website or on your packages the strategy yes it's so much more than that it's your strategy it's going to connect with your audience it's going to convince them to buy from you and the other thing that I don't think people fully realize is just how many words are involved in a new brand and they don't think so, about it until it's time to launch Um, so they're like, okay, well, I need to have a website. I need to have all my automated email set up. I've got to be writing captions every day. I'm going to have to send out e-newsletters. I've got my packaging, like whatever it might be. People don't consider the thousands of words that are involved. And it is really hard to write for your own business or your, or your, about yourself. Um, and to be honest, that's like the main reason I started Bossy Copy College, which is my course, because I was getting a lot of inquiries from people that were like me when I started Bossy where they're probably in their first year or two and they either know that there's a lot of words involved or they know that they're launching and they need to have website copy. Um, But to hire an agency, it's really expensive, especially in your first couple of years and especially if you don't really know the value of copy, like how strategic it is. It's not just writing it out. Um, so yeah, I kind of was inspired by that to start a course, which is kind of like the DIY version of what we do, because I still also think that if it's your brand, you know, your brand better than anyone else, especially if you're like a service provider and it's based on your expertise or your personality, but you need to have like the frameworks and you need to have the guidance because it is really intimidating and a little bit scary to write your copy. So yeah, I would recommend just first of all, considering it, that it's like a huge piece of the puzzle and also trying to like flip the script on the fact that it's like a nice to have, you know, oh, when I start making money, that's when I'll invest in a copywriter or I'll outsource to someone. 
But in my experience, you kind of need to have the copy first in order to grow the business because that is what is going to help you build a community, connect with people and convince people to buy your products and services. So yeah, just like thinking about it more as a priority rather than an afterthought. Um, And I would also say like getting really clear on what your brand voice is because your brand voice is like, for those people that don't know, it is essentially like your brand's personality, how you speak in all of your content and all of your platforms. So just like we all have a personality, your brand has a personality, regardless of whether you have created it intentionally or not, like someone is speaking in your captions and in your emails. So I always think it's like a good idea to maybe invest some time and energy there because it's going to give your brand a massive leg up, but it's also going to help you to be able to write copy and content so much quicker and easier because you've got something to follow. I love that advice. And I think something I would sort of explore as well is like the cost initially of getting someone to shape your web copy, which is obviously so important if you're an online store trying to sell goods, um, like your about page and like some Mm -hmm. of your, you know, product info, like that's so crucial to be able to nail. Um, But the cost of getting it wrong is a lot more than the cost of investing Exactly. And the thing is, a lot of people don't even get to the point where they get it wrong. They just don't get further than like the blank page. (laughs) So they sit there and they're like, I have no idea. Yeah. Where do I even start? Like, how do I lay this out? How do I articulate what I'm trying to say? What do I even want to say? So Mm. it can be really tricky. And so, yeah, that's what I kind of teach in the course. So people can write it themselves, but without having to stare at the blank page for hours and hours. Even I know that without having a framework or some guidance, it can be really tricky. But I think a lot of people assume, um, you know, they they might say, oh, I can't design anything. I don't know how to use any design programs, but I know how to string a sentence together. So I'll just do that because it saves the money. But yeah, you're right. It's definitely the psychological element and the strategy element that, and the creativity element for me that takes it from just like words to a brand. Yeah, you're both really, really good at that, I feel. And like, there's also call to actions that you want people to take. I feel like I Mm -hmm. see some brands that it's all very, like, it's fun and it's, it's, um, and that can be a strategy, but like, also, what are you wanting people to do is very important. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And do you want to just like, it's fine if you just want to blend in, of course, like you can just write whatever, but if you really want to stand out in your space, which most of the time is really saturated, Mm. or you want to cut through the noise, or you want someone to read it and be like, this brand is amazing. I want to be a part of it. I need to buy all of these products. Like there's so many brands that exist now that have a really strong tone of voice that people might not even realize. Mm. Um, but it's just, for me, it's kind of like the the written version of branding. Like you have your really strong branding, but then you kind of need the communication and the written side of it as well, which is the tone of voice. For sure. Yeah. It's like a it's, bigger picture. Yeah. 
It's also good for consistency. No, that's okay. It's good for consistency too because I find if people think that they've like nailed their web copy and then they're like, cool, that's great, and then they go to their socials and it's completely different. Mm. So it's like so Elise did the tone of voice for yours only and I refer back to it all the time. Yeah, so like I refer back to it all the time because it's set up the brand. So once the brand's set up with like a tone of voice doc, like you can refer back to it all the time whenever you're writing captions and then you can get yourself back into the personality every time you do it. Whereas if you just write the web copy, then you do social, then you do an EDM, but you don't actually know who your personality is, you'll just write it, whatever, like however you feel on the day. Very yeah. true. And it, the content never stops. <laughs> no, it's it like never. Never ending. Yeah. I was going to say with the podcast as well, I obviously um, do all of our captions and all of our copywriting and it's just in my tone of voice really. <laughs> um, and yeah. I keep it very fun. But in saying that, like, you know, not everyone has worked in this industry. So I think, and not everyone can use their own tone of voice as the brand voice. The brand yeah. has its own identity. And yeah, it's true, but right? I also feel... Yeah, I think there's kind of two ways. So the way I kind of picture it and how I work with clients is that if it's a, say, a product-based brand or something that's kind of not a faceless brand, but it's, yeah, probably like an e-com brand or something like that, then I feel like you can have a bit more flex. Like you might want to apply like a creative or fictional character as your tone of voice, or you might want it to be really sassy, or you might want it to be really professional But I do think that there is something in service providers or creatives or anyone that's like, yeah, based on their expertise. So you might be a graphic designer or you might be an artist or you might be an accountant, but the brand is like based on you and your personality. I think in that case, it can work. it's kind of like a superpower, yeah, to use your own personality because that's pretty much what I did with Bossy. I kind of, to create my brand voice, I used my own personality as the platform and then I kind of like turned up the volume a little bit so I always say like bossy if you were to read captions or or something from bossy it sounds like me people always say that they can hear me speaking in their ear but it's probably a little bit more cheeky and a little bit more bold than I am in real life so you can definitely use your own personality as inspiration and I feel like that also makes your content feel really authentic as well and it connects with the right people but it also makes it easy because it's just your voice but even then I feel like you still need to have some guidelines or some rules around like what you say and don't say or what your brand personality traits are in inverted commas and just be really really clear like put it down on paper and I always think a good exercise if you are looking to do that is to unpack your personality, just start brainstorming, like what are your favorite personality traits about yourself or ask your friends and family, is there any other things about you that, you know, really dictate your process, whether it's like daily habits or your music taste or your style or your creative process and start like gathering little tidbits. And I guarantee once they're all on paper, it's kind of like your personality on paper. You can start figuring out what the pattern is and then you can start infusing that in all of your copies. So it feels like you, but it's still standing out from everyone else. And obviously like if you were say a, you know, women's brand, like, oh, I don't want to name any, but if you're mm-hmm. an older women's kind of style brand, it may not work if you're 20 years old to use mm-hmm. your cheeky 
own exactly. voice. It may work, but you may need to look at targeting that, you know, group that you're trying yeah. to sell to, right? Exactly. And yeah. that's, I think usually when I'm working with clients and the way that I teach it in Bossy Copy College is that I kind of have two avenues when I'm putting together a tone of voice. So I always create like two concepts that I think will work for the brand. One is what I call consistent. So it's really just there to create consistency within the brand, but it's maybe not as crazy. So it might just be like a little bit more pared back, still authentic and still a really strong brand voice. But then the other one, the other direction is what I call creative. So that's where we can have fun with um, fictional characters or really kind of cheeky tones of voice. So you can kind of like play around with it. When I say like it, it has to have a really strong tone of voice, that definitely doesn't mean it has to be really out there. Yeah. Attention grabbing for me can have very different levels. Like if your brand is really sleek and professional or you might work in a really sensitive industry like health or something like that yeah obviously you have to like work figure out what works for you but you can still have a consistent strong tone of voice that stands out in your space even if it's not cheeky or really out there like mine (laughs) I love that I love that advice um so Ashley, you've no doubt applied sort of similar concepts and ideas um, when you pull together your strategy online. Um, And you've obviously also had experience in growing your audience and, you know, um, nurturing them, as you've mentioned. But what have you found to be one of the best tactics when it comes to adapting to the ever changing algorithms and the different platforms that are popping up every day and um putting yourself out there on these like different platforms um yeah like and and sort of sort of still sharing in that organic voice that you have grown yeah I think it comes back to what I was saying earlier about just like the community first and Mm. I think also because I love to have the control over every kind of touch point that we have. I do have the ability to post content to see if it works. And if it doesn't work, I can delete it or keep it up there and just try something else. Like I think because I am a small business owner and I have full ownership of the brand, I can do whatever I want. Like I have a social, I did have a social media brand on the side. So I would sometimes say to clients, I'll just try it on yours only and see how it goes because (laughs) I have the ability to do that and I also have a community that's very open and honest Um, and one thing that I do all the time is I ask my community questions so do you want to see more of this or if I told this story would you be interested or um, earlier this year I experienced a warehouse fire and actually lost all of my stock and yeah (laughs) and just was vulnerable about that thank you Um, and was just vulnerable about it so just basically got on stories and said to everybody I've lost everything so bear in mind like or bear with me and then kept them going along on the whole journey and I think that the support that I got from that was incredible and during that time where I was making no money I basically decided to tell community stories so I put up another questionnaire and I said if you have a story about your health that you're willing to share um, I would love to share it and I think during like the whole process of having yours only I've kind of realized that telling other people's health stories is really like a really big passion of mine because I also have a podcast it's not live at the minute because I've been so busy but 
Um, a lot on. It is, yeah, there's a lot going on. So like that's based on telling other people's stories. And I think it's from me growing up and having all of these health concerns and not really having anyone to talk to about it and spending like 20 years trying to get to the bottom of why I was always feeling so horrible. Mm. And now I'm in a position where I can share other people's stories. I get DMs being like, I saw this customer had this on their skin. Do you know what it was? And then I know what it is. And I recommend like their specific doctor that they went and saw. So then they go see that doctor and then they kind of come back to me and say, like, I actually saw that doctor and I worked it out and now I'm better. So I think it's like literally everything is to do with like making sure that the community is first and being on the platform where they are. So you probably wouldn't realize, but uh, a lot of my customers are actually probably between 40 and 60. So, um, yeah, a lot of them are on Facebook. So I'm still on Facebook, very active on Facebook, specifically in DMs. So just making sure that you are in the touch point where all of your customers are. Um, And, yeah, you'd be so surprised. There are still so many people on Facebook. And I would say the majority of my ad spend goes towards people on Facebook. Um, And just tailoring the content depending on what the platform is. So Instagram is obviously just very Instagram heavy type content. And then TikTok, we're still doing a bit of trial and error, but I've been sharing a lot of like business tips on there because that's a little bit of a different side of the brand that I think that people are more interested in. And then also just sharing more people's stories. Um, So the content kind of varies depending on what platform we're specifically on. For sure. That makes complete sense um, that, you know, you're sort of focused on that meta verse as opposed to tiktok if it is an older demographic which i think is a great point like you also need to choose the platforms that align with your desired customer as well um but i was going to ask you because i only sort of delved into the whole world of meta advertising this year and it is a beast um for brand owners (laughs) that are starting out or wanting to grow, like would you advise they go to an agency for that or would you say that it's something you can manage yourself? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts around this. Yeah. Um, I've obviously worked in agency for yeah. like over six years. So I understand the cost that's involved in an agency and with advertising specifically, you're, you're really paying for their rent and you're paying for their really high salary and all of that. I would probably recommend working with a freelancer first if you yeah. have no idea what you're doing. Maybe that freelancer can kind of guide you um, and then and then eventually you could potentially take over. I'm actually a part of a e-commerce coaching group called E-commerce Equation with a guy yeah. called Jay Wright. Um, and so I had a basic understanding of how ads worked and once you're at like a certain level of scale, um, they can basically take you in their coaching program. I'm not sure what how much you have to be making per month, but you have to be at least in a like in a good profitable position. Um, and then they actually teach you how to manage all of your ads yourself. So they teach you. It's amazing. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So they basically teach you an equation of you putting in all of your expenses and then spitting out like what your profit is each day and then every single day they teach you new ways to change your ads you can get on coaching calls and they teach you so basically I do that every day and I'm in my ads every single day for hours just she really is yeah Yeah. (laughs) changing them it's not a set and forget thing because I'm doing no not at all you have to be on there every day checking seeing what ads are doing well 
Um, yeah, it's a whole different them. world. Yeah. yeah, and new creative, like I'm adding in between 10 and 20 new creatives a week, which is a lot. So a I lot. would, yeah, my recommendation for people would be to find like a freelancer that can help you that's a cheaper rate at the start because you don't have that much of a budget. And if you go to a bigger agency, a lot of the time, you are paying for their rent and all of these other mm. elements and you're not really probably going to get someone who can create the content as quick as what a freelancer can, can be as quick on it because they're obviously dealing with so many other clients. Just start with, or you could start with a very small agency. I just wouldn't go big personally just because I know the reporting system that they can provide is basically some of them are numbers that I would say are fabricated or if they're not fabricated, they're just like oh metrics that look good, that oh, look yeah. good, that may not yeah. be that great because it, it comes to the bottom line of whether you're making revenue or not. You might be seeing conversion. a lot of people hitting your website, but the conversion may not be high. Mm. So you're kind of looking at your return on ad spend. Um, yeah, I know it's such a tough beast because it is. I get asked this question all the time and I think agency, I had an agency and I think it's fine for we were doing social media and content creation. I think that's yeah. fine because we had someone that did like community management, someone who created the content, someone who posted it, strategy, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But ad agency specifically, I think, yeah, it's hard. Their, their metrics that they look at are very different to what you could do on a personal level, having full control and making changes on a daily basis and being in there a lot. That's sort of the reason I ask is that I know mm. when you're going in cold, you actually wouldn't really know what numbers you're after. You see all these exactly. impressive numbers and yeah. It looks good, but you're not making profit. So you're yeah. like, well, they said that the numbers are great, but the numbers are not really that great because you're not like constantly making money and like people... You need to spend money on ads to really make money. And yeah. a lot of the time they say like your first customer you don't really make profit from. It's the, the repeat and the returning customer rate where yeah. that's where you start to see profit. So if you're spending like three or four grand just on the agency plus on the ads, you've really got to be seeing a return on the ads of at least 20 grand a month just from that. Whereas you could probably start by doing that organically within your own time to start and then having ads yeah. that complement it from a freelancer that could just do that and then you could slowly build. And then that way you can teach yourself what metrics you're supposed to be looking at rather than just going in cold with a huge agency with a huge expense and not really knowing whether you're going to actually see a return. I will say as well, like people that are really, really just starting out, there is meta training available. Mm. And there is YouTube. Like if you really want to learn it, mm. I did it. I've done it and um, I had no experience and I have got the hang of it. It took a while, but also one of the best ways is trial and error. Like exactly. And you don't want to be playing with a lot of money, but you can try and play around with a little bit and see, get a feel for it. And that's something, you know, test a few different things and see what works. Maybe before you, outsource $20,000 to, you know. <laughs> mm. Literally. So many people like just waste away money. I actually have used an agency for my Google ads before. And that makes I sense. saw, yeah. I saw, well, I know I saw one sale over three months and now I'm running my own Google ads and I'm getting wow. like 20, 20 sales a day just from doing it myself. So wow. there's, yeah, because the metrics that they were presenting to me were not the metrics that you actually need to be looking at to, in order to, make money like 
yeah. So thank God you yeah. are in that world and can see it. Obviously, it depends on what level you're at. Like when I was starting Bossy, I didn't have two cents to rub together. <laughs> I couldn't have afforded an agency, but I probably could have invested in a course that I could pay off every month for a year that's going to teach me one, first of all, it's going to give me everything I need to look to get my brand off the ground. But two, it's going to teach me the skills so I can go away and write the content myself. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what I've done in Bossy Copy College. So teaching people how to create their own tone of voice, then write literally all of their copy. And if you were to do that at an agency, it would probably cost you 20 grand, which if you're just starting out, you probably don't have that sort of money or maybe you're investing it in your product or whatever it might be. So yeah, I would say definitely start with a course because the other thing is like, even though copy can be daunting, if you have the guidance and you have the frameworks and the examples and the step-by-steps, then I feel like you're the best person to write it anyway because you know your brand and what you want to communicate better than anybody even a copywriter so you just need to have like the guidance to teach you how to actually put the words on the page Ashley where can people find you online and on social media I have a few channels but the handles are same on all of them so if you just go to yours only co you'll be able to find us on Facebook Instagram and TikTok Elise where can people go to work with Bossy or find you on socials? Yes, you can find me on Insta, obviously. So it's at bossycopy.coach. Uh, we also have at bossycopy.studio if you want to check out the studio. And you can find us online at bossycreative.com. That's where you can read about the course and all of our one-on-one services as well. Thank you both so much. Thanks, Bronte. That was fun. Yeah, thank you. That was such an informative chat and honestly, I feel like every business owner, founder, creative freelancer could take away so much uh, from those girls. I honestly could have picked their brains all day, but they're both very busy women. Uh, And yeah, make sure you go check them out on socials. Well, thank you for listening. We've got some really exciting future guests on the cards if you would like to show us support you can give us a five-star rating on apple podcasts or a review and we'll share it on socials Um, or you can give us a rating on spotify you can also follow us on social media at how do you hustle thanks see you next time is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals Regardless if you are dealing with stress or anxiety or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area or really busy. Therapy has always been a useful tool for many of the creatives in my network and is something I'm a huge advocate for. Having someone to talk to can make things a little easier to juggle and helps you to feel more supported. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with a therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com slash HDYH. 
That's www.betterhelp.com slash H-D-Y-H. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.